not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Hello and welcome back to the Get Real podcast, the podcast where we get real about all our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I'm Chris and with me is my bounty hunter cohort, Sam. This is the way. This is the way. I am so bloated. So am I. <laughs> like I'm feeling it more. We like smashed like a full Chinese before we started recording this Oosh. and what a terrible decision that was. Two boys, two Chineses and two episodes of The Mandalorian right before the take. So this week, uh, we're going to be talking all about season one of The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, well, I've, I finished it a few days ago, and Chris, you've just sat and watched it with me. Just watched the last two episodes with you? Yeah. Yeah. So before we touch on that, we're going to cover off some news this week, because yeah. we think we can manage to fit some stories in. Um, mm. Last week, we struggled a little bit, because there was a bit too much to talk about with The Rise of Skywalker, wasn't Yeah, that there? had too much to digest. I still haven't digested it, much like the Chinese. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want to start off with a couple of bits and bobs? Yeah. So, um, first thing I saw today is Cats. Everybody's favourite film this holiday season, Cats, is on track to lose $71 million ouch. at the box office. That's and have you heard this? It, it, well... By the time this has come out, it's probably already got like a soft re-release, like they're releasing a new version of it. Because the last one, the special effects weren't finished on it. Really? Yeah. Is that what it was? Is that why everyone was kicking off? Um, no, people were kicking off because it it looks horrible and weird and disgusting. But um, like, there's like plain as day shots where uh, Dame Judi Dench just had a human hand with like a wedding ring and everything on. Oh. Because like they didn't do any sort of like motion tracking or anything on set they didn't wear like the little tracking dots or anything or any sort of clothes to represent it they just wore like leotards and like dancing clothes type thing so they've done it all in post but because they've not done that like things have slipped through the cracks so i've not seen it but there must have been it must have looked cool because from the trailers and stuff a lot of people obviously people said it looked a bit weird right because of the faces Mm -hmm. and stuff but I thought it was meant to like look pretty good CGI-wise. Yeah, the the fur looked pretty good, but... But once, I suppose, you're watching a whole film, it's really yeah. different, isn't it? Yeah. It was a bit jarring. I've I seen some videos Mark of... Mark Kermode said that they look more like monkeys and mice than they do cats. <laughs> well, that's definitely one I don't think we're going to no. go and watch. No. But, monkeys, you know. I can see. Human faces, furry bodies. It's only a 71 million to pull back, so... <laughs> only 71 Pocket million. change. Also... Talking about box office, flops or not, this is Frozen 2 is now the third highest grossing film of the year. It was always going to be, though, isn't it? Like, I didn't think it was going to do that well, though, because since it's come out, like, I've not heard anything about it. You know, you heard about the first Frozen for about three years after it came out. Like, all day, every day, it was Frozen. That was a sensation, wasn't it? Yeah. Let it go. This one seems to have come out, and clearly it's doing well, everyone's going to see it, but... You haven't heard as much about it. You haven't heard the songs on the radio or anything. So I was surprised that it's now the third highest, considering the films that we've got this year. Yeah. Captain Marvel, Joker, Endgame, Rise of Skywalker, and Frozen, and Toy Story 4. Mm. It's probably the time of year as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. People are taking the kids and stuff and watching it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's doing so well, but it just 
took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. So it's it's now overtaken the original at the box office as well. Yeah. But Wowzers. that might just be the original, maybe not the re-release of the original with sing-along and all that stuff. I don't know. Zachary Levi, do you want to go ahead with this one? Uh, conf- he said, where, where's he said this? He says he wants to play Dash Rendar, yeah. who is from Shadows of the Empire. He was yeah. like a Han Solo-y kind of character from that series, wasn't he? A bit of a scoundrel. Yeah. yeah. Um, he later became, um, he wielded a lightsaber and stuff like that. I don't think really? he was a full Jedi. No, he was like a proper, he was like a bounty hunter type, wasn't he? Yeah, but he he got a lightsaber in one of the games. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's a little but, bit before our time, I think, yeah. that game, isn't it? I, I've seen bits of it. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I've read one of the comic books back in the day. But yeah, he said if I was going to join the Star Wars universe, he would love to play Dash Render, which would I you, could totally see. Would you see it as his own film, or would you see it as maybe like a cameo in like season well, it depends on where it is, whether he's like in season two of The Mandalorian or something. I could see that. I could Spoilers, see that. he's not in season one of The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, this is the exclusive drop. Big spoilers. <laughs> but would you would no. you, would you you see his whole thing or would you just like him as a cameo? Um, no, I'd like to see a lot of him. Like, I like Zachary Levi, especially after Shazam. Like, he is... He's a charming guy. He's funny. He could play Dash Rendar really well. Yeah. I reckon give him a series instead of Cassian Endor. Yeah, that's what you were saying before, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my two cents. Well, you know, you know, it might surprise us. Might Aye. be quite cool. I mean I, I liked I liked him in Rogue One. And it's an interesting yeah. time to, yeah. to be looking Diego at. Diego Luna's a great actor, so and then final bit of news that I've got on, oh no, not not the final, because we've got some Matrix Four news after this as well. So Ryan Reynolds has confirmed on Live with Ryan and Kelly that um, Deadpool 3 is currently in the works at Marvel. So this is going to be the new saga or whatever, isn't it? The new era. Yeah, this is going to... So I don't know if it's still going to be R-rated, but... I think it can't not be. You can't have like one and two be R-rated and the third one not be R-rated. Yeah. Well, I feel like he could also maybe play around it like because he does break the fourth wall. You could be joke about it, like every time, like something that would be hard R would come up, like it's like heavily censored, and then he's joking about the fact that Disney's censoring him. Do you reckon that's going to be how they tie in the X Men into the Marvel? Um, I don't think that's how they're going to tie it in. I think this might happen afterwards because at Comic Con they said that Fantastic Four and X Men are in the works Mm. um, later on down the line for Marvel. So, but they didn't say anything about Deadpool, so it was sort of up in the air until Ryan was clearly asked about it on Live with Ryan and Kelly. And yeah, he has confirmed that it's in the works. He said the full team's working full speed ahead on it, so we might cool. end up getting that before the X-Men. We don't know. Awesome. But this is the first confirmation that we've They've got. They've been really quiet about all the new Marvel stuff, really, haven't mm. they? I know we've got Black Window. Black Window. Black window. <laughs> it's because I'm looking into a, a window that's behind you. <laughs> it's just pitch black outside. Uh, black Widow. And uh, what else has been I missed confirmed? that episode of Black Mirror. Black Window. <laughs> um, the Eternals. Yep. This year is Black Widow, Eternals. Well, next year. Next year, yeah, it's not quite the new year. Well, it depends year on when this is coming out. When this comes out, it'll probably be 2020. We're yeah, recording for... this in 2019. Yeah, we're talking to you from the ancient past. No, from last decade. From New Year's We recorded Eve's this Eve. last decade. Three Marvel films coming out every year now. What is um, it? It was, you've got all the Disney Plus stuff coming out, haven't you? Which is yeah. going to fill a lot of the gaps. They're probably going hard on that. Particularly now, after how well 
the Mandalorian's been received versus like you know the split view on Rise of Skywalker. They're probably going to put a bit more of a focus on that now. But yeah, we got those anyway. Um, so other little bits and bobs. Little small spoiler for Rise of Skywalker if you've not seen it yet before the end of 2019. Just skip ahead like 30 seconds. Um, it was confirmed that the planet right at the beginning where Kylo Ren is fighting is Mustafar. Ah, yes, I did see that. Yeah, it was confirmed. Um, don't know why it looks so different, um, but where he finds that Wayfinder, that is very much Mustafar. I don't know because when you see like the top down shot well not top down shots but the the shots of Mustafar from space in the prequels like it very much looks like the whole planet is like volcanic and stuff doesn't it yeah but, but when he's how are trees bit... growing on it i know well, the trees are burned but well it's a bit like how on endor when they go to endor there's the there's the water in the cliff sides i, I, I think stuff. that's been said that that's not actually endor that's a different moon of endor uh, they go to. well anyway you know it's a planet yeah. We I mean, just look at our planet. Yeah, true. Yeah, deserts, true. and you got half Tatooine, half you know. Yeah, true. Bit of bobs. Um, and then Deadline put out um eleven movies that shook up the film industry in the twenty tens. So okay. over the last decade, so I'll fire these a couple off at you and see what you think. So they've said The King's Speech. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bridesmaids. I don't know how it really shook it up. Yeah. Then again, female-led comedies since then have boomed haven't they yeah um the untouchables which was french cinema uh just did really really well a bit like the king's speech Fair Um the invisible war i've not seen this um i recognize the name let me just search it we'll come back to that yeah um the avengers 2012 the for the original avengers yeah it's weird to think that was in the same 10 years yeah in in one decade we've had four avengers films yeah zero dark 30 that was 2012. Yeah. Um, Moonlight and La La Land. They're both really good films. Yeah. Get Out. I've not seen any of these films. You've not seen Get Out? I've not seen Get, Get Out. Out. No. I've not seen Us. I've not seen Us yet. How am I, how am I doing this podcast and not seeing these films? Yeah. I mean, Us hasn't got the same reception as um, Get Out did. Get Out is fantastic, though. Mm. And then you've got um, Wolf Warrior 2. Uh, this oh, was a, Wolf a Warrior booming. 2, and why have I not seen that? <laughs> it was a boom in China, apparently. Of course it was. Uh, Black Panther, yep. obviously, and Roma. Yep. Roma was um, a Netflix film, right? Uh, in the UK, it was. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Swept all the awards last year, didn't it? Yeah. And then also, uh, the last thing, probably, before we touch on, start talking about Mando. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Looper reported that... Um, is Brie Larson really Lucas's films? Lucas Films top choice for Ahsoka Tano. Brie Larson, I've seen Rosario Dawson. I'm gonna turn my turn my iPad around and show you a photo of Brie Larson as Ahsoka Tano. What do you think? That this looks is, pretty good. This is brilliant I mean, podcast from afar, content. But from afar, yeah, it works. But yeah. I also think they've only just like put a put her eyes on it. Yeah, I mean, credit to Looper. If you want to go check this out, go over to Looper's website, type yeah, in Brie Larson and Ahsoka Tano if you're into Star Wars. I mean, you've got to be into Star I Wars would, listening I would, to this. But. I just remembered what I thought I saw was a spoiler. So this is not a spoiler for The Mandalorian because it doesn't end up happening. But I saw... Well, some... is that not a spoiler if it doesn't end up happening and people are thinking it's going to happen? 
Well, no, because it was just a news headline like that. Oh, okay. Go on. Um, I saw that Rosario Dawson might have been playing Ahsoka Tana and possibly in The Mandalorian. Wasn't it going to be the person that voices her? Um, uh, Not Ahsoka sure. Ahsoka in Rebels. Love this live Googling that we're yeah. doing. Uh, it is Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, that's it. In, uh, Rebels. That's it. But she also could probably get away with acting her as well, like in terms Possibly, of visually, yeah. yeah. Matrix 4. Okay. So I forget about that. Yeah. So, obviously, we know Keanu Reeves has been cast in it, um, and it's coming out the same day as John Wick 4 at the moment. What? So what Keanu, Keanu Day. When, when's, the rele- <laughs> when's the actual release? It's going to be forever embedded as Keanu Day. Yeah, um... I've not got a slated release date so far. Well, to be confirmed, but that will forever be known as Keanu Day. That yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get cake and uh, celebrate it. And Black Manta, yeah, I don't want to butcher the name, but Yahya Abdul Mantine the second, the guy that played Black Manta in Aquaman, yeah, has been cast in the film. And rumors are that he is playing a young Morpheus, Ooh. which I could definitely see. Uh, Trinity is confirmed to be back. Also, Neil Patrick Harris has been cast in it, apparently. Oh, he's not been in a lot recently, has he? No, but also seems like a strange choice for The Matrix 4, but who knows? So that's the end of the news that we got for right now. The news that um, we've got for right now, official name of the segment. Yep. The news that we've got <laughs> for right now. The news right now. The, the news, news when we're recording this podcast. The news that we have got for right now. Yeah. That'll do. Okay. Out- outdated news. So, so Mando season one. Yes. Um, again, as usual, we'll do non-spoilers and then we'll talk spoilers. It'll be in the description of the time code. Yes. The time code will be in the description, even wrong way around. Um, but yeah, so you've just finished watching it. About what did you think? Twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Thoughts. Uh, pretty damn good. Uh, I I liked that I binge watched it, so I watched episode two to six all in one go mm-hmm. while I was wrapping Christmas presents on Christmas Eve sat down beer treating myself and then I watched episode seven and eight with you just now as a short a little short film like watching it all in one go like I, I thought it was really nice like nice little piece together like if I had have uh, had to wait each week for it to come out I maybe would have been like just give me the next episode because they are only half hour episodes. Yeah, well, this is good because I watched it that way. I watched every episode the week it came yeah. out. So, I so was what waiting. did you think? Waiting week to week for it? I think it was probably a bit. I don't know. It's it's tough. It was perhaps were probably a bit jarring because it did feel like the first few episodes was setting it up, mm. and then it was kind of Mando goes off and does his thing for three episodes, and then yeah. it brings it back. And obviously, that's just to fill out the season. But it almost felt like a bit like a is it procedural? A bit yeah. like if you watch The Flash or Arrow or any of them, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll get like your first couple of episodes, and your last couple of episodes of a season will be your big plot points, and then yeah. there's filler. But I did think that the filler bits in between were amazing. Yeah, still great. I don't think there was a single episode of it where I felt like it was slow. No. I think all the Deborah Chow episodes were killer. Um, I thought the last episode was really killer. Yeah. Di- uh, directed by Taika Watiki, the last one. Yeah, and I think it was good that a lot of them were about half an hour because yeah. it meant that the, there wasn't like these lulls during the episode, yeah. like it was always kind of moving on a little mm-hmm. bit and 
yeah, I think it was really good. I think the characters are all really good. Um, I think the music at the beginning was one of them where it, I, I don't know what was it. You're always expecting Star Wars music, you know what I mean? So when you heard that, and it's a bit like, it almost was a little bit cheesy. It felt a bit more like a Western, that music to yeah. me, which, which worked for The Mandalorian. It did feel a lot more like a Western in the in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it, parts felt a little bit Indiana Jones, like musically yeah. at parts as well. Um, but yeah, I think now that I've got to the end of the season, I think it's a, a soundtrack. Yeah, um, like that. Da, 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 like yeah. gets stuck in your head. <laughs> yeah, Whenever you sure. see the Mando doing something, you're like you're thinking that music in your head. Yeah, and I think it just makes it really cool. I, I think it because of obviously him being a bounty hunter. And and stuff, I think it might have been a bit weird to have like normal Star Wars themes and stuff in there. Yeah. I think it'd probably be a bit jarring, but yeah, no, musically it was really good. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I think I really enjoy it because it's like everything that we would have wanted from like a Boba Fett series or a Boba Fett film if you was to imagine getting that. Obviously, it's obviously it's not Boba Fett, right? That's already out mm-hmm. there, we know yeah. that. But I think that it's everything that you would want from something like that because yeah. the characters are extremely similar. Yeah, it's it's just like a like you said a Boba Fett series with a character that you don't know everything about yet, and you don't start to understand everything about him until towards the end of the series. And yeah. I still think there's a lot more to uncover about the character in future series. Mm. And also considering, like, obviously it's a lot lower budget than a Star Wars film, it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks absolutely sweet. I think they were really smart with how they did it. Like, mm. visually, it looks great. You were saying to me, it looks a lot more Rogue One, and it yeah. does, Yeah. Um, especially the way the Stormtroopers are used within the series. looks a lot more Rogue One, um, and it, it was a, a lot more sort of, like, boots to the ground. Like, you got, like, in with the action type thing, mm. but they were smart with the way they did it. Like, a lot of the season and stuff takes place in, like, one town essentially which is why it felt like a western to me mm. like and it because they were able to do that they could probably conserve money and like get really acquainted with how they're shooting that one place yeah that when they did have to do something like big budget or sci-fi or like like uh, spaceships flying around and stuff like that like it looked like a star wars film it looked big budget so they probably obviously the lucas films they got infinite budget really haven't they but yeah like you think back to that first episode right and you you get a little bit of everything don't you you get mm-hmm. a little bit of aliens in the bar you get a little bit of a monster you get a little bit of you know spaceships and stuff mm-hmm. space you get you get a little bit of all sorts you get droids you get a lot in the first episode that was yeah, an yeah. hour as well like the the last one it's just absolutely packed and i don't think there's anything that's done half-assed i think everything's like oh, no. done properly 100 percent yeah. I mean, where would you set this between The Mandalorian and, say, what we got in The Rise of Skywalker? Where would you put it between them? Yeah, what, like, what which do you think is better? Yeah, what what have you what did you kind of enjoy more? And don't give me the answer of the two separate things and they are. Um, I get that, but which one have you enjoyed more I, this year as like an experience watching it? Probably Rise of Skywalker because I'm more related to the characters like I've been with these characters now for what four, five years mm. since Force Awakens came out. Yeah, like so that was like a capping off of everything that we know and love about Star Wars. Whereas 
Mandalorian was something new. It's still great, but it wasn't really enough to satisfy my complete Star Wars craving as opposed to Rise of Skywalker. I think if it came out a different year, say if it came out next year or last year, it would have been totally different. Like It would have satisfied my Star Wars craving, Yeah, but because we got Rise of Skywalker as well. I thought it was great. I, where do you rank it amongst like the shows, so like Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff? Mm. Did you prefer it to them? There's a lot of moments in this where it feels like live action rebels. Mm-hmm. Like the a lot of like the story beats and stuff are quite similar. Yeah. Clone Wars, again, I felt was really procedural. Like I, I, I tried to really like binge Clone Wars um and just ended up really like struggling to get through it. So I'm not actually up to date on it yet. No. Um kind of know everything that happens in it. Yeah. But yeah. Um yeah, very much more like Rebels rather than Clone Wars. Well Clone Wars is Hold out of order as well, so it's yeah. a bit harder to understand yeah. like the timeline of everything. Yeah, I don't know. I think like from experience, I think like like a bit like what you said with with Rise of Skywalker, you've got all the characters and stuff set up where you've got expectations or you've got what you want to happen. Mm. And obviously with Mandalorian, it's brand new, so you don't have that that risk of like, well, you do, but not as heavily being disappointed by something. Yeah. This almost felt as well like. A beginning of its own almost trilogy. I reckon we could get like a nice tidy three seasons out of it. Oh, you only think three seasons, maybe? No, it's got the potential to go further. How many do you reckon it'll go though? Um, I I could imagine three series at the moment, and then judging by what those three series do, then they might consider to do more. But I think they would be risking pushing it past three seasons at the moment. Mm. They depending on how season two goes. Yeah. I think if it follows the same kind of pace as what season one has done, mm. I'd like to see a lot more. Yeah. Like obviously if you just get your you know, like a bit like this where you have your your kind of context building episodes in between. Yeah. Um I, I'd probably quite like to see like maybe five, six seasons. Okay. Okay. Give it a full like Game of Thrones Okay. Walking Dead level. Level mm-hmm. go. That'd be pretty cool. That's, that's a box set I'd buy anyway. Yeah. Five seasons of The Mandalorian. Five more seasons. That'd be a nice that'd be a nice Christmas present, that getting a yeah. five season box set of The Mandalorian. So what did you think them. of um like the Mandalorian itself then? Like the Pedro the Pascal as the yeah, Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal. I liked him. Like he felt like what a Mandalorian should be, like cool, calm, collected, bounty hunter. Well, obviously they're not all bounty hunters, but that's this character was a bounty hunter. Like you said, it felt a lot more like Boba Fett. Like it felt like what you would expect from a Boba yeah. Fett series, like a I think bounty we, hunter, a Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't think we need like a Boba Fett film or a Boba Fett anything now. I think the Mandalorians yeah. filled that gap and also nicely introduced like a lot more new characters. Yeah. And with him being a new character himself, I think it's just it makes that universe feel a little bit bigger rather yeah. than making it smaller. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. That's yeah. nice that. Carl Weathers, you know, the all that kind of stuff is really cool. Yeah, I think the supporting cast was really good in this as well. Yeah. Gina Carano. Carano yeah. Uh, that played Cara Dune. So she was in Deadpool as well. She was great in it. Like, I don't think there was any sort of wasted character in this, really. No. Uh, and um, is it Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah. Who is Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. He's ace. Yeah. 
I, w- I won't talk. We won't talk too much about his character until we get to the spoiler he, he, bit. But he carries himself, though. Yeah, like he chews the scenery in his episodes. He's cold, cold man. He's cool. Then you had Richard Ayoade. Yeah, you had that episode in that one episode. You got Bill fantastic. Yeah, that that was just packed full of actors. That episode, yeah. Bill Burr as well. Bill Burr, you had um, Clancy Brown, yeah. Richard Ayoade. You had Mark Boone Jr. from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Um, and then you had Natalia Tanner. She was the yeah. Twi'lek character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was that thinking was when I watched packed. it, I couldn't remember where I knew her from, but I knew her face underneath all the blue makeup. Mm. Yeah, it was proper packed. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you know, you got the IG droid, IG-11, not yeah, IG-88. Um, Taika Watiti. Taika Watiki. Brilliant, yeah. who directed the last episode, like we said. Yeah. And that, I really like that character. There's yeah. not much you can talk about it, but the arc that he has is really cool. Yeah. And I didn't notice, I said to you, I didn't notice, like, I knew it was Taika Watiki, but I couldn't feel Taika Watiki in him until the last episode, and then it felt a lot more Taika Watiki-esque, I guess mm. you could say. You could hear the New Zealand accent coming out a little bit in the final episode. Yeah. Whereas Richard Ayoade's drawing, he played like one of the bug-eyed ones. Yeah, like one of the old school. Yeah. Like he was just Richard Ayoade put into a robot, like same mannerisms, same voice, everything. What did you think of Carl Weathers' character? So he played, um, what's the name? uh, Uh, Grief Karga. Yeah, Grief Karga. So... He was in six episodes, like, to begin with, like, I really liked him. I thought he was, like, really good. And then, to me, he got a little bit, like, one-dimensional in the middle type thing. Like, mm. a couple of his lines, I was, like, not really sitting with me. But then by the time it got to the final episode again, I was really enjoying him. Yeah, there was almost, like, some cheesy bits Yeah, where he was, like, but well, I kind of like that. It, 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 it wasn't so much that it was cheesy, it just his delivery of the lines didn't really sit with me as well. Yeah, but, but also it makes him really different to... Or everything else that we get mm-hmm. by having that kind of like old school actor, I suppose. Yeah, the way he is and stuff, it just made his character a little bit more individual. Would you like to see him team up with Arnie in season two? <laughs> Bring Arnie into Star Wars. Go on, who? What? Carl what Weathers and Arnie in Star Wars. What sort of character do you reckon Arnold plays? Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? What does he play? Or Sly Stallone? Which one would you rather have? No, let's do let's do Arnold. Let's do Arnie first. I reckon he could be like one of those devil horn guys that we see in the oh yeah the jailbreak episode yeah oh yeah he'll be pretty cool Sylvester Stallone who would he play uh, so we've seen him in like Guardians and stuff like that yeah I maybe see him as like a Han Solo-y kind of like a but like a bad one like a bad scoundrel okay yeah maybe in some like armor like, like sp- Sol Guerrero type thing yeah so sort of like Judge Dredd almost yeah but maybe like a smuggler or uh, something it'd be kind of cool. Just get Carl Weathers to team up with all his former co-stars. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if like Arnold was like a like a like a stormtrooper, but more like an elite one or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then he you know de helmets or something. Uh, that's what I was about to say. He doesn't wear the helmet. Yeah, I just I just had a brainwave. Did you see my eyes twinkle? I did. I did. <laughs> Expendables in Star Wars. Oh god! <laughs> you just got like a rogue team of just. I like, hate like, it so much already. <laughs> Think Republic Commando meets Expendables. Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe. 
Disney, give me money. <laughs> I will do this. Get this guy to write a two-hour script of, <laughs> of Expendables. Tell me and that would not be the highest-grossing film of whatever year that came out. <laughs> Expendables in space. Oh my god. Um, I think that's pretty much as much as what we can talk about without having to go more in depth about it, right? So, yeah. um, one to ten, what would you give it for season one? Uh, uh I, you know what. I gave Rise of Skywalker an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. This gets a 9. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot less that I have wrong... A lot less I feel wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more that I really just generally enjoyed about it. Um, but I think that's like what I said before in terms of... I think it was really easily to be disappointed by The Rise of Skywalker. This yeah. is new. It's different. I think it's it's honest. I, I don't know. I, I think it just... It just does what it does really mm-hmm. well. I think it's one of those things that even if you weren't a massive Star Wars fan, you could still go in on this and really Probably. enjoy it. Yeah, like I said, like it, it's very Western as well. Yeah, like my granddad, like he likes Star Wars a lot. I wouldn't say like he loves it as much as we do, but he also really likes westerns. I reckon he would love like like it's what five hours in total. Mm. Like he he would happily lap up these five hours of the Mandalorian. And what would you give it? I was thinking like seven or eight. I'll probably give it an eight. Now thinking of that, like it's a nice, concise, like five hours of a series. Characters all work. Plot works. It doesn't lull anywhere. Uh, set dressing looks amazing. Costumes look cool. Mandalorians. We get some cool lore about the Mandalorians as well that you don't know unless you read all the comic books and books and stuff. Mm. So yeah, I'd, I'd say eight. That's pretty much what I gave Rise of Skywalker, didn't I? Yeah. Give it an 8.5. I'd probably give this an 8. Oh, you give it slightly less? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm. So, spoilers from this point on. Yep. If you're not up to date on The Mandalorian, make sure you switch this off, come back when you've watched yep. it all. Go binge it all in one day. Um, and yeah, so here we go. Spoilers. Uh, Three, baby Yoda. Two, one. Oh, I did before the <laughs> So yeah, Baby Yoda is a meme. Baby Baby Yoda. I feel like we could have mentioned Baby Yoda in non-spoilers because the entire internet's seen it. My mum's seen Baby Yoda. Yeah. My girlfriend loves Baby Yoda and she hasn't seen a single episode of The Mandalorian. She just keeps sending me gifts of Baby Yoda. I've seen two pa- uh, Baby Yoda pop sockets for phones already. It's mental. It's just everywhere. T-shirts and they should make a pop socket where it's like Baby Yoda is the phone case and the pop socket is his little hand coming out. Oh my god, what a what a trick! So yeah, um, I have no, I just didn't see that coming in this. I just didn't expect that to be such like a leading part of the season. No. You think it'd just be totally like bounty hunter hunting down bounties and you know maybe this guy struggling to find out who he is, which he does throughout this, I guess. But yeah. for having like such a th- as like a, a MacGuffin being Baby Yoda throughout mm. the whole thing, it's really cool. Yeah, so good. Like also ties in like Force stuff with the yeah. with it as well. So Baby Yoda is Force sensitive. We find that out the episode after we're introduced to him right at he, the end. Oh, he's totally always going to be Force sensitive. It's a Baby yeah. Yoda. Baby Yoda. It was never not going to be Force sensitive. Yeah. Like that was so cool as well. Like the moment where we find out and he just lifts. The, oh, it levitates that mud um, horn. Yeah, so. yeah. Total that mud horn reminded me very much of um, Attack of the Clones in the arena. Yeah, yeah. The trihorn one in that. Yeah, there's a bit where he like um, where the Mandalorian um, hits his 
it's like a like a cable, isn't it? And it attaches yeah, to it, it and grapple. it gets dragged, and it's like yeah. the exact. It's like a mirror of what happens with Django in Attack of the Clones as well. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, nice little callback there. Mm. Didn't think about that. You get yeah. Jawas straight away Udemy! in episode two. Udemy! <laughs> I love the Jawas. I thought the Jawas looked really good as well. Yeah, red-eyed Jawas. Yeah. They were cool. And like, you got a bit more personality out of them as well. Yeah, you get the culture a bit more, right? Yeah. So they're you all get sat to see inside of the yeah. inside of the little dock inside of that. And I love the way it was like it was like really low ceilings because they're all tiny. Like it's yeah. a really small cockpit, and like the Mandalorian's like all hunched over, <laughs> hitting his head around everything. Yeah, yeah. You get a bit more of that whole like scavenger culture from them as well. Yeah. You know where they just like absolutely demolish that egg. <laughs> it's like it's like the weirdest looking cream egg I've the ever egg, seen. The egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was surprised by how funny this series could be. Yeah, which yeah. I shouldn't have been because it's John Favreau, and John Favreau just has a sense of humor. He can wind into everything, especially yeah. with Taika Waititi as well helping out. And you had all like the um, IG Eleven self destruct bits in like episode one. Yeah, um, it's like oh, time to self destruct. Yeah, them. was that episode one? Yeah, because yeah. at the end of episode one, we get the reveal of Baby Yoda, yeah. don't we? So yeah, all that bit that's AC and an IG droid. Yeah. Like the way it like spins around and shoots everything around it was really cool. I thought the effect on it was really good as well. Yeah. Like you had a guy performing it on set, obviously, and then like he, he would have been wearing like green screen leggings so that they could get rid of his legs, but like. It felt almost like a miniature or a puppet on set as well. Like mm. I think there was some shots when he was walking in and it was just the legs that I feel were practical. Like you only saw it from like the waist down. I feel like that could have been practical, like because the legs felt real and tactile on the dirt and stuff. Yeah, it cool. yeah, it's ace, isn't it? I think there's a lot of stuff in this that you that does justice to things in live action that could mm-hmm. be risky, like the way an IG droid moves and yeah. Um, what else do we get? You get some characters and some droids and stuff in there that that you wouldn't normally like. Just generally, the Mandalorians, yeah. right? We see them in Rebels and mm-hmm. you know jetpacks and all sorts. And you think, oh, how does that translate yeah, to it's live easy action? To do in animation? Yeah, exactly. And it's also really easy to do CGI. But all, a lot of it, obviously, when they're in the air on the jetpacks, it's heavily CGI, yeah. I suppose. But um, a lot of it looks real. Yeah, a lot it, of it looks really tell, good. But- John Favreau tried to do as much practically as he could, I think. Yeah. Because, like, you can see, like, when they're taking off and landing at the beginning and stuff, like, you can't see the wires, but you could almost feel like the wires, like, they made them jump into the set and stuff like that. Mm. Like, it it felt tactile. Like, they didn't cut away to just show them landing. Like, they would show them, like, descending from the sky, like, shooting big turrets and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not, like, whizzing all over the place. It's just, like, quite tasteful, isn't it? It it felt like how, like, a small little backpack, jetpack would feel. Like, it's a little bit slow to get off the ground, but then you can whiz around once you're in the air and stuff. Mm. So the the Mando is a foundling. He's not actually a Mandalorian. Yeah. And we see, like, all the, um, like, Clone Wars era battle droids and... Yeah. Stuff like that. So that was quite cool seeing all that. Mm. But it's interesting because I'm going to guess he he's an adult at the end because it's just after episode six, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm going to guess he was a child, probably roughly the same time Luke was. So it was just after. He was in between episode well, no, three it, and four. It, it so couldn't, It couldn't have been... Well, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, because no, because if it was that's during the Clone Wars, isn't it? So if that's during the Clone Wars, 
Luke, no, the Clone Luke's Wars not born in the three. Luke's Luke's born at the end of the Clone Wars. So yeah, he's not that's what I'm a, saying. He's like, going to be a baby when the Mandalorian's a child. Do you no, know I'm what saying I mean? like they were roughly the same age, so but they can't be because if you've got if you've got Episode Three, right? Yeah. That uh, that is the end of the Clone Wars where Anakin turns to Vader. Yeah, there's no more droids. Luke is only born then, so he's literally a day old, right? So if you've got scenes of droids and stuff attacking, that's got to be between episode two and episode three, when the Mando is like a like a seven year old or a six year old or whatever. Are there absolutely is. no droids left after episode three? Well, I mean, in in the animated series, there's a couple, isn't there? There's a couple in Rebels where yeah. they're like, but they're like um, programming or whatever. They're not. They they can't. Do keep doing whatever they're doing. They're somewhat up with them, but you don't have like like battle droids and stuff right, raiding okay. places and stuff. So that would. So that's mean- what I was thinking. I was thinking it was like just after episode three, where he was like six, seven years old. No, the, the, there's about so it, there's it about would make a, him like five years older than. Yeah, the, I, I reckon in that in that shot where it's the flashback, I reckon he's about seven, eight years old in that. Okay. Because he's like a young kid, isn't he? Mm. He's not like a, he's not like a toddler or anything. No. But he's like a, and he's not like a, a young adult. He's just like a kid. Yeah, that's so what I, I was thinking. I'd probably like say it's like five, a, six. Well, yeah, I'd say it's like a five, eight year age gap between him and Luke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably not he's, he's older. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely older. Got my what point was that? No, <laughs> I was we were just talking about the flashback <laughs> to to see yeah. droids and stuff again. Yeah. Battle droids. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, and you saw the drop ships, the transport yeah, yeah, ships yeah. coming in and stuff. Yeah. That was ace. Um, what was your favourite episode of the season? Probably would be the last one, I would say. Yeah. Episode seven and eight. Yeah. they sort of like leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger, don't they? Yeah, like I'd agree with it. that last episode. I think yeah. the last episode is definitely my favourite. But there's bits that they touched on, like obviously the prison break scene. Yeah. Uh, prison break episode is really good. Uh, second episode in was really good, um, but yeah, the last one was ace. Yeah. I that, think when they went to that planet as well, where they met uh, is a Kara, yeah, um, yeah, and they fight the ATST and stuff like that. That's cool. Like there wasn't a bad episode. I just think seven and eight had like the coolest moments. We got all the stormtroopers. We got the Tie Fighter mm. with um, the Moff Grand Gideon. Moff in it. Yeah, yeah. Moff Gideon. Like that was cool with the turret and everything. Big action set pieces. You could see how much of the budget went into those final two episodes. Yeah, defo. Like you got the the flamethrower trooper as well with the gnarly red paint. Yeah, and everything. death troopers. Yeah. You got all sorts of stuff in that last one. Yeah, yeah you got the dark saber right at the end. Mm. Mm. Yeah. See, I want to talk to you about this. So I was saying, like, last time we saw that, I think was during Rebels. In canon, that was the last time we saw it, and Sabine gave it to the new Mandalorian. Spoilers for Rebels, if you've not seen it. Spoilers for Rebels. <laughs> um, this is like two, three years old now, this season that I'm talking about, is it? Yeah, Rebels yeah. is way done now. Isn't yeah, it? So, and she gave it off to the leader of the Mandalorians. So yeah. how has he now got it? Was he a Mandalorian, maybe? She, she definitely, didn't, she definitely didn't keep it, did she? She definitely didn't keep it. Sabine? Yeah. No, she gave it... I'm pretty sure... And I was watching a video about the Mandalorians the other day. Um, getting caught up, ready for the Mandalorian. I'm pretty sure she gave it off to someone. 
Yeah, so, I mean, there is only one Darksaber, is there? I believe there is only one in canon now, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool, though, because there's probably going to be a reason why he's got a probably mm-hmm. space for a Moff Gideon comic book <laughs> or something. Probably. Yeah. Um, but no, that was that was AC and that at the end. And that's one of those things that could probably look really weird in live action, but it looks really cool in person. It's just a black lightsaber with a white line around it, really, isn't it? But it just looks yeah. ace, just looks really cool. Um, and I liked how they kept that right towards the end as like your final little little snippet before it cuts off and you see him break out his TIE fighter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that last episode is definitely the favourite. You've got a lot of like the little um, the scout trooper humour right at the beginning was really funny. Um, yeah. That you, you you thought it was Ryan Reynolds. It sounds a lot like it him. Did yeah, it sound like Ryan him. Reynolds like when he's doing his Deadpool like in the mask type thing? Like it was his timing as well. It yeah. was just sort of like go on, just show me. Go, like, yeah, yeah. if you go back and listen to that last episode, it totally does sound like it. Yeah, I was I, trying I, to think yeah. like it felt. It sounded familiar, and I was like, who is it? Who is it? And I was like, is it Chris Pratt? And I was like, no. And then it was just something that he said. I was like, that's the most Deadpool thing I've ever heard. Yeah. We've not checked to see whether it was voiced in it, but it just sounds just like him. So the Darksaber was last being held by Bo-Katan, who was now the leader of the Mandalorians Uh... at the end of Rebels. And then, um, so she is now the Mandalore leader of the Mandalorian. And mm. then this is on um Star Wars fandom.net. This is an official wiki. And then it just skips to after the Empire and it's like Moff Gideon has somehow acquired the blade. Oh okay. So there's gonna be a tie in somewhere there. Because he also knew about um the Mandalorian's previous name. Yeah where Din. he came from. Um with obviously the Mandalorian the Mandalorians being there on the planet to save him and stuff. Mm. So I'm going to guess there's history between the two, and I think that's where season two is going to go. Yeah. Well, there was a little throwaway line that he was, he, they thought he was executed for committing war crimes or yeah. something, which is cool to think that the Empire, who is the big bad, mm. would execute someone for, oh, unless it's a rebellion that that's executed him for say. war crimes. Yeah. But he must he have was too much of a bad guy yeah. that even he, by the Empire's standards, they were like, let's kill this guy because he's real bad. Yeah, he's a total Not badass. Not even, let's anyway. lock him up. This guy needs to be dead. Yeah, he's a total badass in it. Total yeah. badass. That, that moment where he stood outside and he's just really cold and calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says about Baby Yoda, he says, um, uh, it means more to me than what you'll ever know. Yeah. wonder what that means. Mm. maybe he needs the healing powers maybe something like that possibly that could be what the body armor is about as well maybe maybe it's not like Saul Guerrero as like the yeah maybe it's not for him maybe it's not or maybe maybe it's something to do with the species that he is because we call him baby Yoda because Yoda's species doesn't have um Mm. a name we don't Mm. know what planet they're from I don't think well, if we go, yeah. if we jump right back to when we first meet um, the client, and he's got that scientist with him, yeah, and um, that scientist on his on his arm has a Camino cloning symbol. Yeah. What um, the uh, clone troopers when they're not in armor, what they had on their arms. Okay. Um, in the scene where you see him in like the cafeteria, that, mm-hmm. that big massive cafeteria and stuff. Um, so potentially they could have been looking at cloning him. Possibly. 
um, because all that all that is part of that Moff Gideon's plan because the client and stuff is obviously, you know, talking to Moff and taking yeah. his orders and stuff. So and that scientist tries to save. The baby he has like Yoda. a big turn, doesn't he? Maybe yeah. trying to keep it out of the Empire's hands at that point. Yeah, because he has that switch, doesn't he? Where he's like, he's like, oh, I'm not trying to kill him. I'm trying to save him or something like that, doesn't mm-hmm. he? So. Um, but yeah, interesting. Hopefully, that's more you know no. bridged upon more in yeah. season two because it leaves the plot line off that uh, he is now in Mandalorian's uh, custody, care, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's like a foundling now of him. Like he is his protector until either he becomes of age, or you can find his family or home planet. Mm, I think it's definitely going to find his. Uh, I think the whole thing's going to be finding its home planet, yeah. maybe. Because and that, I think that's going to give canon finally to Yoda's background and what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's, it's definitely something that's Yoda. not been explored before. So it's going to be really interesting to see mm. how. Whether, whether they even do. Do you know what I mean? Whether they even do find Yoda's home planet or wherever his species is from. Yeah. Um, or. Let's just say the child turns into a a, a force wielding baby tiny Mandalorian. Yeah. Imagine like Yoda sized, so it's like the size of a toddler in Mandalorian armor with a helmet <laughs> with a jump pack, also able to do the force. Flamethrower on his wrist. What if he gets the dark saber at the end? No, it's, no. A it's child, like a child, Yoda in no. Mandalorian armor with the dark saber. You can't even, you can't even hold the uh, the thing in the cockpit like a like a lever without nearly killing them both. You know, but I mean, like when he's older, yeah. Like, say he's like two hundred years old, as opposed to Yoda's eight hundred years old. Yeah. So at the end of that um, episode on Tatooine, yes. where we got um, the character the um, Mando comes across that like wannabe bounty hunter who's trying to get his entry into the guild. What did you think of him? A lot of I think a lot of people are a little bit like didn't like that at all. Yeah, he yeah. seemed a little bit whiny, but the moment that did it for me was when he turned. Like it made me feel like it was all an act. Mm. Like he knew that he couldn't take out that female bounty hunter by himself, so he played the Mandalorian knowing who he was. Yeah, did you not get proper Star Wars video game vibes from him? Like he was a video game character. Yeah, kind of. Like he re- it really took me back to like Knights of the Old Republic level character arc. Like where there's this like guy and he's like, I need entry to the guild and so why don't you help me with this mission? And then at the end of the mission he's like turns bad on you. Yeah. It was very much like one of those and his character was very like much like that. Yeah, he was pretty much like an NPC. Yeah. But I, I don't know, I kind of liked him. Yeah. Kind of liked him. Uh, yeah. Like he like was a bit. There was some charming about him. Yeah. Like it felt like that was how he was meant to be, and then it sold the turn a bit more. Yeah. Like as soon as he got the information that he needed, mm. he was like, "Sound cool." Yeah. I'm bang, off. bang. Bam. But he got yeah. he got banned himself. Yeah. Mando did a Mando. Mando did a Mando. Um, and then right at the end of that episode, we got a potential so, potential Boba Fett, apparently. Fennec Sand was the bounty hunter they were out to get, played by Ming-Na Wen from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Mulan. Yeah, so when when they're over her body at the end, well, no, they, they've they gone, right, and her body's yeah. there, and you see that little um, shot of someone going up towards it. Mm-hmm. So at first I thought it could have been um, Grief Karga, Carl Weathers' character. Yeah. 
Um, then I thought it could have been Moff Gideon, but why would Moff Gideon be be there? True. So then it only leaves that it could have potentially been a Boba reveal. Yeah, everybody seems to be hinting towards Boba reveal. That Gideon doesn't sound like a bad shout because maybe he's trying to find the only other bounty hunter that ha- potentially could have got the Mandalorian. Like, mm. she, like they said, like she's one of the most infamous bounty hunters in the universe right now or in the galaxy. But why would he be tracking the Mandalorian at that point out in the desert and not just the child itself? Not why not not, not just tracking Baby Yoda? Yeah, you know what I mean? That was after they sent out the hit, so everyone knows that the Mandalorian's got the baby. Ah, uh, yeah. So he might have just been going to get her and then found her dead because they all have the trackers as well, don't they? Mm, mm. But yeah, people seem to be thinking that it is Boba Fett. That'd be a cool like reveal, say at the end of like season two when you've kind of just kind yeah. of forgot about it. Yeah, that'd be pretty. It has neat. like a flashback to her body being scooped up and. It was Boba Fett, or she comes back onto the scene. No, she's who she to- with. No, she's totally dead. She's like not the body. Then, like bounty hunter would just yeah, but, but she's like, not- he's probably trying to claim the bounty, isn't he? Get the money. Yeah, but doesn't he do that? Doesn't Mando do that? So I don't know. Maybe he's just scavenging. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's just like smashed his way out the sarlacc. Yeah. <laughs> There is yeah, also got a jetpack. Yeah, there is also a story in canon um where a character has Boba's armor from the Sarlacc pit. I've seen it. Yeah. It was um Star Wars explained. Okay. Put an episode on it. I think I'm fairly certain it was him that talked about it. That I can't remember the the character name, but there is a character who's canon who who dons Boba Fett's armor that's okay. wrecked and digested by the sarlacc and stuff but okay. um, so maybe you read that one yeah yeah people are thinking it might be boba fett because um when he's walking over the spurs on his boots are jangling similar to how his does mm. so it's very much like a western like he was meant to be like clint eastwood in space is the quote that i'm seeing here yeah well so. we'll suppose we'll we'll see um what would you like to see in season two um more dark saber stuff because that's really badass. Yeah, and that took me completely by surprise. Mm. Maybe some more, uh, a bit older, like Yoda. Like maybe the he's fifty already though, and he's still a baby. So I don't. Yeah, know. well, they grow really slow. Yeah, so I don't. So it'd have think... to be a big time jump, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't. I just want to see much of a time jump. maybe his force powers progressing a little bit more. Mm. Um, or. Yeah, just just more of the same, I guess. But maybe like a bigger plot because this was quite a small, self-contained story. I think they were seeing how season one did, mm. so maybe, maybe more episodes as well, but not too many episodes. Do you reckon now that because obviously he he didn't realize that it was the Force, right? For whatever reason, he wasn't yeah. aware of that, and that gets explained by that forger um, in the armory, mm-hmm. the armorer. Yeah. Um, Maybe he goes looking for other force sensitives, maybe Possibly. to find find a way. Or yeah. um, I'd probably like to see in season two. I'd like to see more now that we've seen a lot of um, like rural and Tatooine and deserty planets and stuff like that. I'd probably like to see something a bit more like uh, Coruscanty. 
Yeah, the undergrounds of Coruscant. Yeah, like Narshada would be really cool, getting a bit of that. Um, mm. Stuff like the underworld, maybe. Yeah. And maybe that's how he has to go find, you know, he finds intel and stuff like that. I think it'd be a nice contrast to the yeah. first season. Yeah. Um, maybe see some huts, that'd be kind of cool. Okay, so the other sort of like... He's back in the guild, isn't he? And, yeah. Yeah, Greek, Greek car, carver, carga lets him, almost back welcomes him back into the yeah. guild. Um, so yeah. Yeah, some, there's some new environments would be nice and so, like you said, well, a lot of deserts. Yeah, well, John Favreau put out a little teaser. Did you see it? No. Nope. one of the, like a little character. No. Which looked a little bit like a Gamorrean guard. Okay. So that'd be very cool. Was that for season two? That yeah, you put like a season two, like a like a filming month or something, or like a. I think he's put like he's put he's put. So are they already producing season two now? Yeah, it's already confirmed. It was it was confirmed before the end of season one. I knew it was confirmed, but I didn't know they had started. Yeah, I don't know whether they've just started it or whether it's um, in process or what have you. Um, But yeah, John Favreau put something on his Instagram, and it looks like a Gamorrean guard. Okay. So, so maybe like the huts or a rancor or something like that. Yeah. See, seeing a rancor would be cool. Yeah. Seeing uh, the Mando go up against uh, rancor would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be ace. It just it's just more of the same, but like on a bigger scale now. Yeah, I think. build the I think world we've out. tested the waters, but don't go too big. No. But maybe like, I think now that the stakes have been set, mm. and like we've been introduced to the main characters going forward. Yeah, for sure. I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. So, do you want to wrap it up? Ooh, one more thing. Maybe a couple flashback episodes when he was with that um maybe, maybe pulling heists and stuff. Yeah, maybe he'll go through all his like foundling initiation mm. and stuff. That would be sweet. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm more lore about the Mandalorians. Maybe some Mandalorians. Moff, Moff Gideon flashbacks and how he knows Moff. Now how he got the dark saber, I'm going to guess is where the story's going to go as well. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Awesome. Right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, in terms of where to find us, we are live on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can find us there at Get Real Pod. That's R E E L. Yeah, R W E L for Film Real, Get Real Pod. Um, you can also get in touch with us via our email, which is Get Real Pod, spelled the same way. Uh, getrealpoduk at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are currently, as of when this, when we're recording this, we're facing a couple of issues. We're getting episodes out across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, it is on the way. Um, it's just taking a little bit of time for us to get them on there. Hopefully um, they all should be sorted soon enough. Yeah, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, um, everything is all sorted. Um, however, if you're listening to this way further in the future, where we've hopefully definitely got it all sorted... <laughs> Um, you will find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and hopefully, eventually, Google Podcasts as well. Yes. Um, but you can listen to us in all those places. Um, as a final, um, you know, if you're struggling, you can listen to us via getrealpod.buzzsprout.com. Um, for a direct download for the episodes as well, if you're going on a flight or you want to listen to our lovely dulcet tones on there. Mm, yeah. Cool. Uh, next week, we're planning on covering The Witcher. Yep, The Witcher is up next. And then we're hopefully going to do a little bit of a roundup um, going into 2020 of all the films that we kind of our top five, top ten. Uh, yeah, of 2019. Of 2019, yeah. Yeah. 
So cool. please leave us a rate and review on all those previous platforms that we mentioned. Keep your ear out to the Twitter. We'll keep you up to date when we are live on all the other platforms. Cool. Thank you very much and keep it real. Keep real. Thank you and see you all next time.